and to take her in and to love her. And so he does. And what does she do? She turns and goes back to her ways. Go back and get her. He goes and gets her. And she continues to be adulterous. And it's a picture of what God's people were doing with God. Their adulterous ways. Chapter 14 of Hosea is God's plan to get people up off the sideline and back in the race. It's God's plan when we're knocked down, when we're beat down, when we've been cheating, when we've just, hey, here's my plan to bring you back into a relationship with me so that you can run with endurance. We're in Hosea chapter 14. I'm gonna, if you'll stand with me, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. And verse 4 is, is going to be our main text today. God's word says this, return, say that word with me, return, don't just turn, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, accept what is good, and, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We'll not ride on horses, and we will say no more our God to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. Here's today's verse. I will heal your apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. Father, today as we look into your word, we, we ask that you would... <clears throat> Not only give us insight, but Lord, you would give us application for what it means to each and every one of us. Pray that uh, your word would transform our lives. I thank you for this time, Lord, and I pray that you would speak, that you would eliminate me from the equation, and that you would do what only you can do. In your name, amen. You know, athletic trainers these days, the, the advancement in sports medicine is unbelievable. Uh, I remember in high school, <clears throat> one of my buddies uh, in a football game tore his knee up, tore his ACL, and, and some of you may remember, some of you may even have a big old zipper. Do, do you remember the surgeries they used to do on knees? When I mean, just big, long scars. Well, he had that, and just a few years ago, Grayson, my youngest son, had the same injury, and all he has now is just a hole and a hole and a hole. I mean, the, the advancement in technology and medicine, the ability to do surgery through um, little pinholes in your, in your leg is unbelievable. Some of you remember the Olympics, Michael Phelps. Remember the, those big, all I know to call them is hickeys. <laughs> remember those, those red dots? I think, I think I got a picture of it here. You barely see it. <clears throat> Just drawing blood to the area of the injury. They've got it figured out. And advancement to get people back to health uh, is, is amazing to me. But like I said, today's text, we're going to see in, in verse 4 some medicine of grace. When we return... When we get back, man, this medicine that I'm talking about today is not for those that just want to play church. 
This medicine is not for just those that they're headed in one way, they're headed towards their sin, and they heard that verse, return to the Lord. This medicine that we're going to talk about is not for just those that kind of turn away from their sin and turn towards God. I mean, I, I, Joel, I kind of want to act religious. I mean, I kind of want to act like I go to church, and I do want what God wants, but I don't really want to change. I don't really want to make my way all the way back to him and find myself at the foot of the cross. I don't want to come and humble myself. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Not, Joel, I do want to kind of turn towards him, though. I want to feel like I'm being more religious, godly. You pick the word. But this medicine we're talking about today is for those that get there. The prodigal son, remember? He wasn't just in the pigsty and say, I think I ought to go home. No, he went home. And his father received him. Come here, boy. And put a robe on him and threw up. This medicine we're talking about is for those that get there. Not those that just want to play church. <coughs> Excuse me. By the way, all of this medicine that we're talking about today is available to us because of the cross, right? What Christ did on the cross for me and you. Every one of those drops of blood carried with it mercy, carried with it grace, carried with it compassion, carried with it forgiveness. This medicine we're talking about is only because of what he did on the cross for us. The cross should remind every single one of us of God's hatred of sin. He hates my sin. Will you say that with me? Hold on, before, before we say it. Let's be mindful of our sin. God hates my sin. Say that with me. God hates my sin. But the cross should also remind us of his willingness to forgive sin. What Jesus did for you and I on the cross is the foundation of this medicine that we're going to talk about today. We've been referring, I, I mentioned it a minute ago, the Hebrews 12 passage, <clears throat> where, where we're to run with endurance, but, well, Hebrews 12, you've got to turn there with me. It's right before James, the book of James, that we're going to be teaching through, going through, starting October 1st, Hebrews 12 Starting in verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance that race that is set before us. Verse 2, you ready? Looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. At, at our Wednesday meeting this last week, um, David Platt shared a message uh, to those 51 families that were heading out to the foreign mission field. And in his message, he read something that I want to read to you today. 
Some of you have heard of a theologian named Charles Spurgeon. Uh, well-known theologian from the 19th century. Many, he, he wrote many things. His devotional morning and evening is a great little devotional. If, you, if you've never looked at that, it's a great one. <clears throat> but he read his testimony. And I want to read his testimony to you today. Now, I can't speak with a British accent. The closest I can come is a Texas accent. So, This is Charles Spurgeon's testimony. I sometimes think that I might have been in darkness and despair until now, had it not been for the goodness of God and sending a snowstorm one Sunday morning. While I was going to a certain place of worship, I turned down a side street and came to a little primitive Methodist church. In that chapel, there may have been a dozen or 15 people. I heard... I had heard of the primitive Methodists, how they sang so loudly that they made people's heads ache. But that didn't matter to me. I wanted to know how I might be saved. The minister did not come that morning. He was snowed up, I suppose. At at least, I'm sorry, at last a very thin-looking man, a shoemaker, a tailor, or something of that sort, went up into the pulpit to preach. Now it is well that preachers are instructed, but this man was really stupid. He was obliged to stick to his text for the simple reason that he had little else to say. The text was, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, Isaiah 45, 22. He did not even pronounce the words rightly, but that didn't matter. There I was. I thought a glimmer of hope for me in that text. The preacher began thus. This is a very simple text indeed. It says, look. Now, now looking doesn't take a deal of pain. It ain't lifting your foot or your finger. It's just look. Well, a man needn't go to college to learn to look. You may be the biggest fool and yet you can look. A man needn't be worth a thousand a year to look. Anyone can look. Even a child can look. But then the text says, look unto me. Ah, he said with a broad Essex, many on ye are looking to yourselves. But it's no use looking there. You'll never find any comfort in yourselves. Some say, look to God the Father. No, look to him by and by. Jesus Christ says, look unto me. Some of ye say, we must wait for the Spirit's working. You have no business with that just now. Look to Christ. The text says, look unto me. Then the good man followed up his text in this way. Look unto me. I am sweating drops of blood. Look unto me, I'm hanging on the cross. Look unto me, I'm dead and buried. Look unto me, I rise again. Look unto me, I ascend into heaven. Look unto me, I am sitting at the Father's right hand. Oh, poor sinner, look unto me. Look unto me. 
when he had managed to spin out about 10 minutes or so, he was at the end of his tether. Then he looked at me under the gallery, and I dare say with a few, few present, he knew me to be a stranger. Just fixing his eyes on me as if, I, if, as if he knew all my heart, he said, young man, you look very miserable. Well, I did, but I had not been accustomed to have remarks made from the pulpit on my personal appearance before. However, it was a good blow. It struck right home. He continued, and you will always be miserable, miserable in life and miserable in death, if you don't obey my text. But if you obey now, this moment, you will be saved. Then lifting up his hand, he shouted, only as a primitive Methodist could do, young man, look to Jesus Christ. Look. 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 You have nothing to do but look and live. I saw at once the way of salvation. I know not what else he said. I did not take much notice of it. I was so possessed with that one thought. I had been waiting to do 50 things. But when, when I heard the word look, what a charming word it seemed to me. Oh, I looked until I could have almost looked my eyes away. There and then the cloud was gone. The darkness had rolled away. And that moment I saw the sun. And I could have risen, from, risen that instant and sung with the most enthusiastic of them of the precious blood of Christ and the simple faith which looks alone to him. Oh, that, oh, that someday somebody had told me this before. Trust Christ and you shall be saved. Yet it was, no doubt, all wisely ordered. And now I can say, ere since by faith I saw the stream, Thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. That happy day when I found the Savior and learned to cling to his dear feet was the day never to be, got, be forgotten by me. I listened to the word of God and that precious text led me to the cross of Christ. I can testify that the joy of that day was utterly indescribable. I could have leaped, I could have danced. There was no expression, however fanatical, which would have been out of keeping with the joy of that hour. Many days of Christians, I'm sorry, many days of Christian experience have passed since then, but there has never been one which was as full of exhilaration, the sparkling delight which that first day had. I thought I could have sprung from the seat in which I sat and have called out with the wildest of those Methodist brethren, I am forgiven. I'm forgiven. A monument of grace, a sinner saved by blood. My spirit saw its chains broken to pieces. I felt that, that I, I was an emancipated soul an heir of heaven, a forgiven one, accepted in Jesus Christ, plucked out of my miry clay and out of the horrible pit, and my feet set upon a rock and my goings established. 
between half past 10 o'clock when I entered the chapel and half past 12 o'clock when I began home. What a change had taken place in me. Simply by looking to Jesus, I have been delivered from despair. And I was brought into such glorious state of mind. When they saw me at home, they said to me, something wonderful has happened to you. And I was eager to tell them all about it. Oh, there was joy in the household that day when all heard that the eldest son had found the Savior and knew himself to be forgiven. You see, this word look is a critical word for you and I. That Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. The author, the one who writes it out, like a doctor writing a prescription. Here's your faith. Look to Jesus, the author. He's the one that wrote it out. He gave it to you, man. He gave you the gift of of faith. And the perfecter, the one that brings it to completion. He, He sees it all the way through. Remember in Philippians? And he who began a good work in you will what? Perfect it. He will bring it to completion. Man, we got to get our eyes on Jesus. If we find ourselves sitting over here on the side, man, verse 1, return. Okay, I'm going to return. The medicine we're talking about is for those that get there. But, man, we got to get our eyes on Jesus. If you're here today and you're sitting on the side, I need you to look. I need you to look to Jesus. Look upon him in faith. All the medicine, and it's three little points. It's a really good Baptist sermon here. Look to the cross. Because that's the foundation of where this medicine comes from. Hebrew, or Hosea 14, verse 4. <clears throat> he says, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. First thing I want us to see, this first medicine, is the medicine of sanctification. Verse 4, the first part there, I will heal their apostasy. You and I should keep our eyes peeled in Scripture for God's promises. When God promises something, he's going to do it. And when God does something, be assured of this. He's going to do it well. He'll do it well. And he says, I'll heal him. See, down in this training room, going back to this cheesy illustration, in this training room, in God's training room, he knows how to restore your spiritual health. He knows how to bring you, how to get you ready to get back in the race, to get back in the game. Today is the day somebody in here needs to go to the training room and receive this medicine of grace. God says, I will, I will heal you. Psalm 115.3 says, our God is in heaven and he does all that he pleases. And today, God wants to see you back in the race. Vibrant, strong. And healthy. This medicine of, of sanctification 
It's that process by which God faithfully and continually works upon your soul, upon my soul, to conform us more and more into the image of Jesus. Day in and day out, God is chiseling away at me and he's chiseling away at you and he's shaping us into his likeness. We're growing. This never stops. Shaped more and more into his image. (coughs) This process is what makes you and I holy. And it will continue. It is a continued process until the day that we stand before our Lord. What God says he will do, he will do it well. author uh, made this quote, John Flavel, I believe is his name, what health is to the heart, so holiness is to the soul. The trans fats, the lack of exercise, the sugar, all of this stuff that makes my heart more unhealthy and more unhealthy, sin does the same thing in our spiritual condition. The buildup of cholesterol in, in, in our veins, in our arteries, it just makes us unhealthy. And the buildup of sin in our lives and never making any adjustments, never allowing God to say, that's enough of that. That's not who you are anymore. Come on, man. That's not what I created you to be. Come on, girl. Clean that up. And and for us to never make any adjustments that that God's word teaches us spiritually, it's just like cholesterol for our heart. It's just we're, we're unhealthier and we're weaker. But God says, I will heal you. I'll heal you. Will you allow God to administer that medicine today? Will you come? And allow God to heal. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace. We don't deserve it. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift from God. Man, I I just, I hope that each of us will see today that God wants to see you healthy. And in a few weeks, starting in October, we're going to be going through the, the, the letter James wrote to his church practical Christianity. And before we get there, I mean, I want to see everybody healthy. God wants to see everybody healthy and running in the race so that we're ready to take these, this practical wisdom literature of the New Testament and apply it, man. As, we're, as you and I are running our race, we don't have any people sitting over there. And by the way, you may know somebody in our church that's sitting on the side of the road. You know what my job and your job is? To go over there alongside of them. Pray with them and encourage them and help them get up and direct them back to the word and direct them to scripture and come alongside them and help them help restore back to health. That's what, that's what we do. God says, I will heal you. And what God says he will do, he will do it well. And he wants to do that in you today. <clears throat> Where are you today? 
You playing church? Are you playing with God? Or are you at the foot of the cross? Ready to receive that medicine. Second medicine I want us to point out is the medicine of adoption. Look at the second part of that verse. He says, I will love them freely. I will love them freely. This whole issue of adoption is, is you're not making me do it. I do it freely. I, when parents adopt children, they do it because they want to do that. They're not forced to do that. And God wants to love freely. Again, the picture of the prodigal son running home and experiencing the hug of that loving father. Adoption. Psalm 32, 5. The psalmist says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Can you hear that today? Are you sitting over here because you're just covered up with, with junk in your heart? Secret, secret stuff that's going on that nobody knows about, but you're covered up by it. Can you hear God today saying, man, I want to heal you. I want to heal you. Just look up. Look up to Jesus. Man, I will love you freely, girl. I don't care what you do. Just come to me. Come back to me. I will love you freely. I will love you. And there's somebody, whether it's you or somebody you know that needs to hear that good news. That's good news, isn't it? That no matter what condition, no matter what we're going through, that God wants to love me freely. And love you freely. That's good news. The third, the third grace of medicine of grace that I want to point out very quickly is, is uh, that of, of being justified, of being made right with God. He says in that last part of verse 4, for my anger has turned away from them. I, listen, I, I'm not angry. In fact, today, I declare you not guilty. You're free to go. You're forgiven. You're free. My anger is turned away. I hate the sin in your life. Joel, I hate the sin in your life. But man, Jesus died to take care of that punishment. Somebody's going to get punished. It can be you. Or you can allow what Jesus did for you on the cross to be the punishment that you deserve. I want to heal you. I want to adopt you into my family, man. I love you freely. No one's making me do it. And my anger is turned. You're free to go. You're free to go. I do want to make a couple of distinctions real quick before uh, I finish up. As the praise team makes their way up, just make note of these things, the difference between justification and sanctification. These are great churchy words. In fact, we'll have a quiz. 
Justification was accomplished by Christ acting for us. We were, we were justified. We were made right with God through faith when what Christ did on the cross for us. But listen, the difference. Sanctification, on the other hand, happens by Christ acting in us. Justification is something he did for us. Sanctification is something he does in us. Justification declares the sinner to be righteous and holy in Christ. When we're united with Christ. And sanctification makes the sinner righteous and holy as as something flowing from Christ. Justification takes away the guilt of sin and sanctification takes away the pollution of sin. Justification was a one-time and complete event. Sanctification happens every day. But you and I put our feet on the floor and say, Christ, I'm walking with you today. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. Have you been to the great physician lately? Have you allowed him to minister to your condition of your soul? Today I invite you to do that. Let's pray. Lord, as we stop for just a moment in our own little space and spend time with you, I pray that each of us would take inventory of the condition of our soul. Are we injured? Look, look to Jesus. Are we tired? Look to Jesus. In fact, Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I have a plan. I will give you rest, rest for your soul. That each of us would take honest inventory of the sin in our life. Especially the hidden sin, Lord. You desire to heal. And Lord, I pray that even now you would be in the process that people around this room, starting with me, would come before you, confess and repent and not just turn to you, but return. Get there all the way to you, Father, falling at the cross and allowing your medicine to heal. Lord, I pray for for each person today that is worn out. They have so many responsibilities, so many priorities going on in their lives, and they're just fatigued. Fatigued to the point that even though they may realize you have called them to serve in certain areas, they're just tired, and I get it. Lord, I pray that today you would minister to their heart and to their soul that you would help them with their priorities, that you would restore their health, restore their strength, that they would find themselves under the shadow of your wing, that you would be their strong tower, that they would look to you. Father, all of this, everything that we're talking about today comes down to the point of looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. 
pray that today each of, us, each of us would be found guilty of looking to Jesus. Church, what God has promised to do, he will do it. And whatever he does, he will do it well. And he wants to heal you today. In a moment, we're going to stand and worship through song together. If you need to sit there and just continue to talk with God, please do that. If you need someone to pray for you, I'll be available down here at the front. Catherine will be down at the front if, uh, if you would prefer... Uh, Women, if you prefer a woman to pray with, Catherine will be available as well. But whatever you do, let's do 